Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the last call with Angel Perkins Harris. I am, of course, the Toe Package, Humble Incarnate, whatever the hell you want to call me, APH. Um, I am here with some friends. You know, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I started this whole thing to kind of give you guys an incentive on like how I came up in call. And I also wanted to give some people a chance to show their journey and how things came about because not a lot of people understand that. And there's a partnership that I'm part of called Equilibrium. There's a group of boys that are gracious enough to spend their time with me today and show what happened and how things came around with this. So please welcome the owner of GTT, John. John Boy. What's up, bro? What's up, y'all? It's me. It's your boy. What up? And of course, the man who I credit for putting this whole thing together, the owner of Unify, Connors, Christian Connors. Bro, welcome. Hi, Hi, how you doing? Glad to have you boys with me. Um, first thing I like to thank you guys for is well helping me come in. Connors, especially you were the one who scouted me. I appreciate that a lot. Um, Equilibrium has given me a chance to well try to grow WPW as big as I possibly could, and I love helping supporting you guys, especially GTT and Unify because they're awesome. And every Fed, not just these two, every Fed. I wish. Freaking Pegasus was here, honestly. Because great. Yes, Pegasus in memory is <laughs> here. Hopefully, he's here he's spiritually. Yeah, he's here spiritually. Like, yes. there's a lot that I want to get to, but in order to get to the current and to the real juicy shit, we have to get to the beginning. So, Connors, you brought this whole thing together. Why? So, the Equilibrium was formed after Spirit of the Independence, which, for those who didn't know, it was a small little get-together at first, where it was MFW, myself with Unify, and my friend Roy Pierce, who runs the Valiant Wrestling Alliance. We got together, and we put together the Spirit of the Independence. It was a small, nice little get-together show it off without a hitch and people seemed to enjoy it for those who did tune in but I knew even before going into the event that I wanted to make a partnership alliance so to say and lord behold we have the equilibrium to be fair it's like it's a great alliance it's like up and coming feds coming together to not only boost their own name but to boost the name of their partner and it, to be honest with me, when I first stepped in the E-Fed, you were always told, no, don't talk about other feds around here. But for Equilibrium, you not only do that, but break talk and well, help bring other feds that were not in any circumstances get a chance to shine, to give them that platform. Um, we get to the beginning. Where did GTT come into play? To be honest, we technically opened our doors and actually in 2K17 times about three years ago, but it wasn't like on Twitter or anything. It was just a private deal because, let's be honest, everybody and their brother who has ever done cost started off offline doing it just, to, just for them, you know? I think that the majority of people in Fed or even in Sim started in competitive like i feel like that's where you have to start no one truly starts on effect 
That's actually a good point because yeah. I did that back in like 2014 before I even opened those doors. About three years before I opened the doors anyway. And what made us start doing stuff online, putting out content? Complete sheer boredom. <laughs> Seriously? Not even, oh, I'm putting out great content. It's just, I'm bored. There you go. I, legit, my reasoning for the big stuff happening is not even big. Like, like people are like, man, this whole thing's like so big. What made you start it? Some sort of inspirational story. I'm just like, boredom. <laughs> I was bored and was like, let's do something with this. I was like, let's just do it just because. To be honest, I have to semi-agree with GTT. When I moved to EFED, it wasn't like, oh, this was planned from the get-go. Like, oh, I was going to spend X amount of time and competitive. Believe it or not, I didn't even know EFED existed. I didn't know the difference between oh, Sam man. and EFED back then. It was, okay, I want to change how I make my content. Right. And for those who don't remember or who do, which I believe it's a very, very slim margin of you, um, Unify, I think it was two and a half years ago now, we started off as Dominion Wrestling, and that's something that gives me nightmares, and I don't want to go back to that ever again. <laughs> kind of like that, that shy brother in the corner that's just like, uh, you're not acknowledged. Get get out. Go. Yeah, my beginning days of content, it was terrible. Oh, God. I will admit it now. That was terrible. Which, if anybody wishes, you can DM me at the Chris Connors on Twitter, and I will send you a link to the original Dominion Wrestling episode, and I will hate myself for it. But if you wish to see it, experience that it's there. It, it couldn't be worse than my old looks and everything, because Jesus. Let's be honest. All of us a couple years ago were the most scuffed people on the internet. Oh. Let's be honest. Here's the thing, um, and you guys mentioned ETT, you've been doing this for like, you've been at least doing content like since 2014 or something like that. GTT, um, Connors, you've been doing this for about a couple years. I only just started well call creation last year because majority of my time was doing work or high school. Mm -hmm. I was like, because honestly, back then when I was in high school, though, the only time I got a game was on mobile and that doesn't count. And the closest I got to an Xbox 360 was immediately taken away come like report card time when my mother would find my report card, be like, all right, Angel, let's see how much grades you get. And I'm like, uh oh, because I know I failed the class, <laughs> and then I was like, "Up, oh, I'm thinking about my Xbox." But when I started, call it was like in competitive. It was the old WPW uh, with Jay Knight, Jonathan Reed, the boys, and it was fun. We never knew what EFED was. In fact, the closest we got to EFED was with Blake Albright, and we remember hearing about him because we made our Twitters just fun, and we heard Albright come in. And he's like, oh, I'm a part of this 
Efed called uh, MFW. I'm like, what is MFW? He's like, oh, it's a fed where you just watch streams and you don't do anything. So you're not wrestling. You're just watching the stream. I'm like, that sounds boring. That sounds so terrible. And then over time, I get to the point where it's just like, this is better than competitive. At first, I, I have to admit, I was very, I was very concerned on how my show was going to go. Really? I, I will admit that for the first few months of Dominion, everything matches was controlled by me. Every result was already pre-planned from the right. get-go. And up until Battle Lines, which is one of the big five pay-per-views that I still run even to this day, Battle Lines that year, I had formed a separate show mm-hmm. called World Supreme Wrestling and had a losing company disbands type match 4v4 Survivor Series style and sure enough I had WSW win and that's actually when I first started proper EFED instead of controlling every single match and um, I asked this question to the both of you because you already know how I feel about certain things EFED and competitive which one's better going to the party and hanging out with your friends playing competitive or watching the stream with your boy on EFED? I'll let you answer that one first. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, GTT. <laughs> hey, uh, love you too, bro. <laughs> so, I'd have to say, as much as I do miss competitive with hanging out with guys and I hope they don't mind if I say their names but Adam Rage, Johnny Miles, Tyler Jones and a few others it I do miss those days but also seeing where each one of them is now I can say that I'm I'm very happy for all of them and what they're doing, and hopefully we get a chance to hang out again soon. But to answer the question, I'd say EFED is better because I've seen my friends grow in it. Right. That's, that's what's up. Honestly, um, EPP, your call, bro. This is up to you. Which one will you like more? I'm going to have to agree that doing the EFED thing, watching the streams, my, his answer was way more complicated than mine's going to be. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> I'll keep it simple. One, I get to be as lazy as oh I want. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, you know how much work it is to keep your skill up for a PvP league? Oh, remember the daily grinds. <laughs> Listen. And two... With my experience of PvP and just gaming in general, it can get bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't even matter. You could be with the, you could be with the boys, and the boys can still talk shit. <laughs> I like how we went from wholesome to just 
straight down right across. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. All right. Honestly speaking, though, I agree with DTG. And I think if my boys watch this, and the boys, boys, you know who I'm talking about. Johnson Reed, Jay Knight, Justice, Zach Rainey, um, Blake Albright, in a way, Blake Marker, in a way, um, Zeke Salazar as well. Those are the guys who majorly right now we still do competitive. Like um, we did, we WCW, like I said, was starting competitive, and part of the reason why it died was because of what GCP just mentioned. Things got crazy. <laughs> like it got to the point where, dude, like I say, he said it's easier. I'm not gonna say it's better because there's a certain thing that I enjoy when we're just bullshitting. Me and my friends, we're just doing six-man elimination chamber matches with Thanos and SpongeBob SquarePants for the fun of it. And then there's the instances when you're actually trying to build a show, you have this 10-match card and only three people show up. Like, maybe it's just me, but it's kind of hard to do a certain EVP show, especially without knowing people's schedules and anything. With each side, you don't have to worry about that. You just yeah, because you already have exactly. The, the only thing you have to worry about in terms of like their schedule is if they can show up and just cut a promo every now and then. But with PVP, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great laughs, and I still do it to this day, and I still love it. But will I say EFED is better? No. Will I say it's easier to do? Absolutely. I rather not have to DM like 25 people be like, can you make it to the show? Can you make it to the show? Can you make it? Can you make it? Can you make it? Oh, and lag. Lag. Oh, oh. <laughs> This is a joke that me and my friends made up, right? And this is when we're doing like big matches and even like one-on-ones we'll be like, no matter who wins, lag's gonna job us all out again because lag wins all the time. And no kidding, we've had lag, we've had game splits where one person has one match and the other person has a different. It's, it's a complete clusterfuck. My <laughs> next question, I would say, um, really goes back to Connors in a way. Uh, in your opinion, right? What I asked about why you bought DT in. Why'd you bring me in? So, I was actually watching, like, here and there. It wasn't every week, but I was watching little bits and pieces out of Riot and TBW's content. And I enjoyed what I saw. When I heard you made WPW, I was interested, kept my eye on it. And decided, hey, might as well go ahead and extend the offer because a new Fed on the block could use some help. And I, I know you probably won't be able to say it, but like, were there, was there, because I'm kind of curious, and I'm going to ask you the same thing about GPT and MSW, although it does self explanatory, I think. What show for you when you started watching my shows really said to you, I want him in? Like any specific, any particular show, or is it just a compilation? It was a, 
it was a compilation, a conglomerate of all of the shows that I got little bits and pieces out of. Fair enough. I appreciate that. Why bring GTT in? GTT was a part of the original three where we, me and MFW, we sat there and said, hey, we're looking to extend our partnership to certain number of feds. And if you would like to apply and have your fed, please let us know, send us an application of sorts, and we will let you know if you made the cut. GTT was one that, if I remember correctly, was MFW who approved of the... uh, the initiation for GTT into the equilibrium. And then Rising Stars was the other one. And then there was one more at that time. And I'm trying blank. My apologies to that equilibrium member. It's been quite a while since we've done Was it a Fed ran by Luis Bates or... No, that was a part of the second okay. wave. Oh, so you're talking about uh... it was GTT Rising Star, and then there was another was Fed that we. What the ring the bell? It I think wanted... it was ring the bell. Because I remember they were part of the second announcement that you guys made. Like, oh, they're joining. So sorry, ring the bell. It took me a he minute. He wants to kill you, man. He wants to kill you. You know. If he answers the DM, uh, it, <laughs> it's, okay. it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something. Um, it, it's okay. Don't worry. So that brings me to my next question: When did you and MFW decide that you were going to make this partnership with each other? Like, what what drew you guys together? So most people may not remember. Some may. It all depends on if you were there the season before last since MFW just wrapped up a season. So it will be season two of MFW. Me and my Fed at that time was actually partnered with MFW. And some of you may remember it. It was called Liongate Pro Wrestling. So way back then, me and MFW were partnered. I even had a world title match for my company on an episode of MFW Nitro, which now is known as Voltage. Really? Yes. So the color schemes of MFW for the brands have always stayed the same, blue and white, and then red and black. Way back then, it was Nitro, and the red and black brand was Inferno. And there were no general managers on the main roster, and that was also during the era of Project Breakout. Oh, I remember that. For those who... Yes. So Liongate was my fed, and we've been partnered ever since when MFW disappeared and took a hiatus of indefinite. I was kind of disappointed i'm not gonna lie about it um but as soon as i heard of mfw's return and was asked to be general manager of voltage i couldn't help but say yes to that offer 
and partnership came back I believe we reannounced it right after Reborn from FW. Nice. Uh, part of me, in my opinion, um, part of me was really wondering that because I've always noticed that you and Pegasus was always like really close. Like some some part of me really wanted to know like what was the story behind all that. Um, we're gonna skip people's dream stuff for now and try to jump into the locker rooms like we all know if you're a fed owner and you're listening to this we know controlling a locker room is there is always different characters that are gonna some that is going to be calm and some that are going to be loud as i want to say gpt yeah first because I think we can all agree you have the wackiest chat in equilibrium right now. Like equilibrium, just the equilibrium. I'm starting to think we're getting beyond that. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, we could, we could be, but like, let's be real. Okay, your normal locker room is like people got their characters. They'll sometimes promo problems might come up. You know, memes. We got some. Like ridiculous stuff in there, dude. So I'm gonna ask Connors this after you, and then I'll act, and then I'll bring my little two cents in. And if you're a Fed owner, please don't feel free on the YouTube down below to comment how do you feel and how do you control your locker room. TTT with all those cast and characters that you have, all the wrestlers slash managers slash demons. Yes, there are demons. <laughs> How do you control oh, the locker room? How do you control the locker room? Like, what is your tolerance? I would ask. So, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I'm not so harsh that I'll fire somebody instantly, but I'm not so lenient that I'll give them 15 chances either, if you know what I mean. I'm kind of down the middle. Like, there's times where, obviously, you got to be chill as hell so that people won't be afraid to talk to you when they need to. But at the same time, when things kind of come up on the down low, you kind of have to be like, yeah, quit that shit. You got to put your foot down sometimes. You got to have a balance of both. You can't just have one or the other. Okay. If you know what I mean. That and, and, that's, and that is really hard to do, to be honest. It, like, it's, it's, like, it's really difficult to get that balance because a lot of people – and I'm almost in this category. They're either too harsh or they're too lenient. Mm-hmm. And both ways, things will go south really fast. Yeah. Because I need is to have a situation that could have been solved in three minutes stretch into a situation that has been going on for three days. Exactly. And I and you especially have to have this balance when you have one of the loudest locker rooms, probably. Like, <laughs> I don't like. I hope that I'm not just doing something. I don't know. It's pretty loud in that locker room. Let's be honest. I'm not even in that locker room, and I hear stories about what happens in there, and I am petrified. Oh no, we, we got- can do. What? We should have Connor. We should bring Connor into the chat for one day, like just a day. 
Even for a social experiment, maybe, but I don't got room to sign nobody right now. Not even women. I, I, I mean, of course you don't have to sign him. Just like have him there as like, oh, he's, he's a tourist just visiting. Oh, that's how I'd see it. I'd do it as a social experiment uh-huh. to see what, for him to see what we, what we do every day. Oh, God. oh dear. I fear for my future. <laughs> All right. So... GTP, thank you for that. Um, Connors, what about you, bro? How do you, what is your tolerance in terms of locker rooms and situations? So, I have to say that I have been blessed with not having to deal with too much locker room drama in my two and a half years of running a Fed. Sure, I've experienced it and back then it could have been handled better we moved past it we've apologized move on from it but like I said really right now in the past I'd say year and a half I haven't really had any locker room drama that actually started in my fed and that's something I'm really happy that I can say but when it does kick off for example if something were to start between two people most of the time, I try and stop it before it spreads or if it will go out to the timeline, try and deal with it in-house. And I can speak for MFW on this policy since we both run on the same principle. When drama kicks off, we try and nip it at the bud and handle it in-house before it spills onto the timeline and when things start to get messy. Yeah, I feel you on that one because I think every fed owner can agree with this. The last thing you want is for drama from your company or from you in general to sprint onto the timeline because then everyone else is going to try to put their own two cents in and it just becomes one gigantic mess. You can say that again. Oh, I can say Every is going to handle that differently. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own different stance on how they're going to take it, take control of that situation. And there is no true right or wrong way to handle it. But to each their own, I guess. I mean, you're absolutely right with that one. With me, it's more of a way of like, I try to be as hands off as possible. Like, I. Like, thankfully, I don't have to deal with too much. Most of the drama I had to deal with came from outside my own company or outside my own show. And then it was bringing up like, somebody in my show. Like, something would come up on a timeline and they'll DM me saying, yo, APH, some so-and-so did this. You need to take care of this. I have fired some people. But I try not to pull the plug on somebody unless I know all the facts. Because the last thing you want is to yeah. make a misinformation. Yeah, because like I tr- like I try so hard not to focus on the people on the timeline saying you need to fire him. This, 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 rabble, 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 and then you look at the situation and the person did nothing wrong. Like, you realize that, oh, they're just complaining just to complain, and this guy doesn't deserve any backlash. Or 
you don't want to keep that person around and then you find out they actually did the thing they're accused of and now you're just sitting here hands covered like what the hell did I just do why is he still around so like I'm not saying there's no right or wrong like you said Connors there's no right and wrong on how to deal with the situation the best thing you can do is try to follow your gut and if you feel in your heart of hearts that something is wrong with this person that's when you pull the plug And like I was going to say, it's when it comes to those situations, everyone is different. You can't have the same response to every single incident of drama that pops up. Because somebody could be a first offender and it's like, oh my God, they didn't know. They won't do it again and you can trust it. Or you have instances where people are repeat offenders. And maybe you be harsher on them. Maybe you give them another chance. That's completely up to somebody. That's completely up to whomever you are. Um, we are going to fast forward into something that I think will something I think will be fun for all of us. Predictions. Um, oh boy. This one I am going to start doing with my guests. It, it involves next year's WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or whatever. This time we're going to do the Royal Rumble. Um, what I'm going to do is, right, I'm going to give you guys uh, a championship, and you are going to tell me who you think will hold on to that title by the time we enter the Royal Rumble. And then I'll get your predictions on who will be the Royal Rumble winners heading into Mania 37. If we have a Mania 37 never know with these times. So, I think we're we will off. be honest. Yeah, I mean, like, part of me really doesn't even know how they're going to do the Rumble. Because the Rumble needs the fans. Like, maybe they'll start having fans funnel in the Thunderdome. Who knows? But, uh, alright, I'm going to get answers from both of you, so that way it's fair. We'll start off with the SmackDown Women's Championship. Who walks into the Rumble as the champ? Connors, you're first. SmackDown Women's Championship. Correct. And who walks into the Rumble f- with it? Ooh. So I may get some heat for this, but I don't watch that much live WWE content. That's fair. Especially with me barely having time on Mondays to do Unify. I don't get to catch Raw. And for Fridays, I'm already panicking for Unify on Monday. <laughs> so, could you remind me who the women's champion for SmackDown Bailey. is right now? Mm. I'd say by a rumble, I'd say Sasha would be the obvious pick. Considering that we're not that far out from the Rumble, and if they actually give her a reign. How soon? How soon do you think she'll come back? Because she just got killed. (laughs) I'd say she'd come back at TLC, maybe. TLC or the November pay-per-view. Alright. That's a... That's a good pick. Uh, Sasha Banks for SmackDown for Connors. GTT, what about you? 
You're in the same boat? I might have to agree because the way I see it, I think they're going to have Bailey hold on to it for a while. Because I honestly think that the only legitimate person that I think would possibly take it from her is a returning Sasha. And I think they're going to have that at least a couple months before the Rumble. And and obviously, I to be fair, I kind of hope they have her retain at least once and possibly make it there just so we can actually say, hey, she was able to defend finally. Because the meme with her is she wins it, she loses it. She wins it, she loses it. Oh. I think it's about time that meme ends. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a definite meme. Personally, I would have to agree with both of you. I would definitely agree with both of you. Sasha is the obvious pick. Although, I will say um, I will pick Bailey for the serviceable fact that I don't know if Sasha returning earlier than the Rumble in my eyes would be okay. Like, give her a couple of months off, have her return at the Rumble, and then have her face Bailey at Mania. And then give Sasha that moment. Now, I have a question for Bullshit. you. Bullshit! Table's been turned. Do you think WWE will negate the opportunity to pull Sasha versus Bailey for the Women's Championship to put Sasha in the Rumble and have her win the Rumble and have her circle back around to face Bailey? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking should be the plan. And, and that's going to be my answer for who wins the Women's Royal Rumble. It's two people. It's either Sasha Banks or Sonya Deville. Reason why I say Sonya, because if you're not going to, because we've all been realizing WWE has been very, very hesitant with pulling the plug with Sasha versus Bailey since they've been on the main roster. We've all known this. There's been countless times where we've all would have said the card with the stuff. Plug should have been pulled on the feud and just go with it, but they never did it. We never. It got to the point where when it actually happened, we're all shocked. But part of me really wants Sonya Deville to get a championship run or at least a Rumble win because after her 2019, I mean, after her 2020, she has been fantastic. She deserves it. But if you want to ask me about Sasha, in my opinion, if they're going to go with Sasha as champ, that should be the plan. Have her come back at the Rumble win it, face Bailey at Mania, win the title, carry it to SummerSlam. Okay, um, next portion is the hardest one, in my opinion, because there isn't that many legitimate contenders for the World War title. The current champion is Asuka um, Connors. Who walked in the Rumble with the title? Who walked in the Rumble with the title? I feel like they may give Asuka a legitimate reign here, and she might hold on to it still into the Rumble. Okay. I like that. The challenger? I don't know. <laughs> like you said, there's not that really... There's not really a solid contending base on her. You can right say Morgan, but you can't. Maybe, in my opinion, it could be a returning Becky. But it's way too soon. I, yeah, that's the thing. I feel like it's way too soon for her to yeah, come back. Yeah, we're not seeing Becky. You know what? I'm going to say this right now. They may just say, fuck it, bring back Charlotte. 
<laughs> so like, Vince gonna watch, be like, watch her win that rumble. Vince is gonna be like, ah, we don't have a contender for the Wild Women's title. You know what this company needs? A bit of Charlotte. I'll be honest. I have a bad feeling they're gonna make her the next Stone Cold Steve Austin when it comes to Royal Rumble victories. They shouldn't. Honestly, she shouldn't have won last year's Rumble. She should have went to the I'm gonna say, do I want it? No, but I honestly think it's gonna happen. Um, Connors, you have Oscar walking Speak. in as champion to the Rumble. GTT, what about you? I I'm not a hundred percent sure, only because I legitimately don't know the Raw Women's roster anymore, other than maybe Oscar. Fair enough, and I'm not even gonna ask about the WWE women's tag titles, because let's be honest, their women's division is dead. Their tag division is dead. You just broke up the Iconics, the only legitimate tag team you had left. That was a boneheaded decision in itself. So we're going to just switch gears to the NXT Women's Championship. Current champion right now is Io Shirai. Does Does she walk into Rumble Week with the title? Uh, I'm gonna go with no. Ooh. Yeah, I don't see an Io Shirai reign lasting that long. Granted, NXT is known for having longer title reigns. I don't feel like Io Shirai is gonna be one of those long-term champions. Okay. And I feel like NXT is kind of waiting to see who's gonna be that next breakout woman. And then build them up slowly, put them against EO, take the title off of her. Okay. Um, if you were to who that woman will be, Ooh, I don't you know. Can't pick. Um, GTT, what about you? So for me, obviously, I, I don't think Shirai's going to the Rumble with it. And if you were to ask me who I think is going to take it, I don't think it's going to be a breakout woman. I think they're going to make Ripley a two time. Ooh, I have to disagree with both of you. I think the best person to take the belt off of her is Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai right now is the best woman on the roster for NXT besides Shirai. Ripley as champion was a bust. What's the name of the... Uh... Female talent who comes out on a tank. Oh, Shotzi Blackheart. Blackheart. If, if she became champion, I wouldn't be mad. But here's the thing. That's babyface versus babyface. That normally never goes up well. If she can take the title off of Dakota Kai, maybe. Yeah, that's why I was also thinking Ripley for a two-time. Because between those two, it's it's way easier to book one of those two as a heel. Long shot. I mean, easy. Ripley is... Spewing heel right now. Also, again, that's kind her, of the point, really. Her, her face run with the NXT, ti- NXT women's title was terrible, in my opinion. Why didn't you just go with Bianca? She was ready. She was been there for the longest time, and then you just pull this woman from NXT UK and just say, "Here's the title on a random NXT, not even on a takeover." Right? That's I'm personally. Unless the sto- unless storyline fits, I'm not a fan, and I could be the only one here. I'm not a fan of random NXT title changes on a regular show. I much rather have an on takeover. I can understand that. 
it adds more legitimacy to it. Like unless it's a tournament, even if it's a tournament, like the la- like the latest cruiserweight title tournament, that should have ended that takeover. The turn would have been so much better. Speaking of which, I'm not even going to bring up the cruiserweight championship because it's obvious that Santos Escobar will hold it for a long time because he has the tools to be a future world champion, and I'm saying that right now. So I'm going to switch into a prediction for not just for the Rumble, but for next Tuesday or for whenever this comes out. It's Super Tuesday 2. Who do you have, Adam Cole or Finn Balor? Who becomes a two-time NXT champion? I'm saying they're probably going to put it back on Finn. Yes. I'm going to have to say the same thing because even though Adam Cole is a literal god, I think it's time for Balor to get a title. Because for me, the North American's not good enough for him. I think they need to shoot a little higher. I feel like it's going to come full circle. Because if you think about it, we just got out of SummerSlam week. Which, if you think back, maybe, what was it, two years now? Two, three years years now? when When he won the Universal Championship and then had to vacate it. It seems as if this time of year is always negative for Balor. And it'll be nice to see him turn things around and actually win the NXT championship back. Yeah, I I definitely will agree with you guys on that one. Balor for the win. Only because if you don't put the title on him now... Okay, first of all, Cole's done everything. Already, he's faced everybody for the title twice in occasions. And personally speaking, when they put the belt on Keith Lee, yes, it was random, but it was also, in my eyes, needed because Cole has done pretty much everything else. So he doesn't need to prove himself. He's gotten to the point in NXT, and all of you he has, where they don't need to be champions and they're still taken seriously. They've gotten to that status and they deserve it. Because they carried NXT for the better part of 2019. But if you don't give the title to Balor now, you're pretty much just saying that his NXT run, his second one was a bust. I mean, true. I mean, he's already proven that, that he's worth holding the title. I mean, look at the 60 minute, look at the 60 minutes of hell they just went through. Yeah, like that. Like I did, I strongly wanted Gargano versus Balor if they were going to do like a tie thing only because Cole we only because it's kind of obvious that Balor's gonna win but with Gargano and Balor it's like Balor just recently came back to NXT and hasn't really done much and Gargano had the worst NXT title run of all time for them to get redemption with his second time is needed but I agree with you guys though Balor for the win um not touch the NXT tag titles because and I'm not touching any tag titles for that matter. Because the tag division is shit. North American Championship. Damian Priest, my boy, finally won a championship. I am so happy for him. Does he hold it to take over Rumble Week? What do you guys think? Connor should go first. I have to say yes. But I'm it's an uncertain yes. 
Damian Priest is one of those guys where he's got the look, he's got the gimmick, and people are actually invested in what he can do in NXT. But where I'm not certain is, is there something better that's going to come along? Because it seems to be like a little pattern in NXT when something better comes along, which you did have, or whoever was champion then, they dropped the title to the next hot thing. I think that's NXT's problem. Because look at what happened with Keith Lee. Yeah, the new, yeah, a new guy named Karrion Cross comes yeah. in. He's the big thing, takes the title immediately. I got to feel bad for him, speaking of, actually. The fact that he's separated his shoulder wow. in the middle of the match, it's like, bro. Yeah, honestly. Be- stop. Can I just be, can I go on a mini rant for a second? Because I, I bring up Keith Lee, and there's a good reason why I bring up Keith Lee. I do believe that there's a lot of people who really jumped the gun and claimed that Keith Lee was buried once he made his debut on Nora. And Absolutely I was, not. I was one of them. I was one of them because I literally looked at it and I was like, look at what he has done before this. And look how highly this treats him. He was... He was wrestling it up with Roman Reigns at the end of Survivor Series, at the end of that matchup, and Roman and gave they him. Treat, a no, they treat Roman Reigns like the next big thing. That... Look at how they treat Roman now. They put him in the Rumble match where Brock was cruising and he was doing his thing. Out comes Keith Lee, and Brock is the that's the first person that stunned Brock. Like, oh shit, who the fuck is this guy? And like. Yeah, Brock actually woke the fuck up. To be fair, nobody can deny Brock, when he wants to, can put someone over big. And he put him over big. Yeah, but how how often does he want to put somebody over, though? I mean, he don't want, I mean he's not going to do it with fucking Brock Sherman, honestly. Would he do it with Samoa Joe? Yes. Would he do it with Styles, Balor, Brian? Has yeah, it seems right. like all the small guys he actually liked working with. To be fair, it's like it's it's one of those things where it's just like the people you think will get squashed, he puts over majorly. Like I had no idea they'll give Balor that big of a push. But then again, you can't say that. You can't say he loves the smaller guys because look what happened with Ricochet. I was just about to say, like he loves the flippy boys, unless your name's Ricochet. I don't know what the fuck the beef with that one was. I thought they was going to put a competitive meet. Brock I think it's because ricochet. it was that, that show of the year where they just shit on their own whole product. Because I've noticed that twice a year, and you know exactly what shows I'm talking about. Oh, we're not going to That's even... where they just intentionally shit on their product. I might even go bring up that name of the year. because one of my friends... Yeah, that's not. One of my friends are going to scream fucking Goldberg, and I know who you are, Jonathan. Not you, not you, John. The other one. <laughs> Reed. Uh, I know... Oh, him? Yeah, Reed. He hated that finish with Bray and Goldberg, but let's not get into that. I want to say this again, and I'm going to jump in back to the predictions. Keith Lee has been put in a major spot at the major spot at the major spot. He debuted against Randy Orton. He faced and yeah. beat Randy Orton, and he was put in a chance to become WWE champion. He is not buried. Yes, you can say you hate the fact that he wears a shirt. Yes, you can say his attire is shit. Yes, you can claim that theme song is a complete downgrade. And I completely understand you. But you cannot say that Vince doesn't like him. If he did it, 
Right. Vince would have probably gonna, had him face off against R Truth for the twenty four seven title. He could have gave me EC three treatment. Either that, or he would have given Randy the win in less than six minutes. Yeah, true. But um, but the fact that he put Lee as the guy to the win that match against Randy Funky Orton of all people, it's not like it's like our truth EC three Blake fucking Buddy Murphy. No, we're talking about Randy Orton mm-hmm. and. And I'm gonna get to the predictions, but kudos for Randy Orton. He knows when it's time to put over talent. He understands. And if you look at his track record, I'm not gonna go too deep into it. Orton knows and loves to put over guys, especially in the right time. And against Keith was perfect. I mean, this is the same guy who put over Jinder Mahal. So <laughs> Right. All right, so I said the NXT title. We all agreed Balor. Let's switch into the United States Championship. Apollo Crews lost it to Bobby Lashley at payback. Does Bobby Lashley hold on to the title by the time the Royal Rumble hits? I'm gonna say no. Ooh, you don't I like think he's Bobby? Gonna, I think he's gonna. Uh, it's not that I don't like him, but I, I'm, if anything, I'm saying that the U.S. title is not good enough for him. Mm. I legitimately think, even if he retains a few times here and there, I think he's going to lose it by the Rumble. Not quite sure who would take it from him, whether it's Apollo or some other scrub. But I honestly think and hope that they give him something bigger around Rumble time. Would you be hesitant to say Keith? What's that? Keith Lee. Would you be hesitant to say him? I wouldn't mind a mid-card title run for Lee. I don't think you should give Lee a world title match first. Not, I no. think he should start in the mid-card for a little bit. Yeah. Maybe even go for the U.S. championship around Rumble, and if not around Rumble, around Mania. Um, Connors, what about you? And then maybe 2022 go for world title. Yeah. What about you, Connors? Who's, that, who's U.S. champ by Rumble? Connors, you there? Did we lose him? Where are you at, Connors? Sorry. Oh, he's fine. He's fine. He's good. Personally, I would say I would I wouldn't go on a rant and say that Bobby Lashley don't deserve it, but they had a chance to put the belt on him. But then, then again, that was during Drew McIntyre's amazing run as champ. We'll get to him in a minute. Um. So no, sorry, y'all. I'm fine, Connors. The question was, who will be the U.S. champ by the Rumble? Um, GTT said Bobby Lashley loses it, and he's not sure who will take it. What's your thoughts? My thoughts? Lashley's not going to make it to the Rumble. I agree with GTT. Damn. Who takes it off of him? I'd say maybe MVP. Off of what? Green. Really? If you look at the MVP character from way back to now, MVP has always been obsessed with being the sole player in the spotlight. And seeing him work with other people seems odd. And I feel like it's going to be one of those situations similar to DX versus John for the WWE mm. title, where 
MVP's going to find his way into a triple threat match for the championship, and MVP steals the win off of Lashley. But some people are probably going to be like, dang, this dude's out of touch. He's He doesn't know anything about what's going on in the product. It's just my opinion. Honestly speaking, if I want it, honestly speaking, if we're going to get Bobby away from the the U.S. title and keep the title within the Hurt Business, I agree, MVP, but I don't want them to split because the Hurt Business is perfect together. I think I will disagree with you on the point that MVP doesn't seem like a team player because right now he seems like that guidance, that reason why Bobby Lashley's being built up so great nowadays. Mm. Now we're going to switch gears to the Intercontinental Championship, a title that downgraded somehow. I don't know how you downgrade the IC title, but hey, I missed the white strap. I'm not going to go to Rumble. I'm going to go now. Currently, we have a CM Punk John Cena situation. Sami Zayn came back. He claims he's the IC champ. Jeff Hardy is the actual IC champ. Who will become undisputed champion once this whole thing ends. Jeff. I'm thinking Jeff, too. I'd rather go. Because, I'm, Sammy. I'm going Sammy. I feel like Sammy doesn't have the support from Shinsuke and Cesaro anymore. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I, He's yeah, going to ask for them to yeah, help. I think he'll Sammy he... without that group. He's done. I think that if you're, I think Hill Sammy is done in a way only because of he needed somebody else to be with him to counteract his wackiness. Because let's face it, Hill Sammy's a wacky bitch. Without oh, somebody yeah. like a Kevin Owens or Cesaro and Shinsuke to calm him down and get to the business, it's just Sammy talking a bunch of shit. I mean, if you want any proof, look at how Sammy's aim was booked on Raw in 2019 before the brand split again with Bobby Lashley during that whole sister angle that I'm that mentioning was... once and never again. That was like... Man. It was kind of like Shelton's mother. Oh my god. Just, just talking about that makes me about as lost as I was at, at Disney World at the age of six. I'm dead. Alright, switch gears. To the now second most important world championship in the WWE. The universal title currently held by a newly turned Roman Reigns who formed up with Bon Heyman. And it makes perfect sense because Brock's gone. And now Paul needs somebody to hold down. And who better than Roman, who everyone has been clamoring for him to turn heel. He finally is. They've been clamoring for him to have a manager. He finally does. Does Roman hold on to the title by 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 a uh, rumble, or does he drop it to somebody? He's gonna hold on to it. Agreed to the rumble, and I'd say maybe even through it. I think he's. I think he might even survive yeah. all the way on, up to Mania, and then maybe losing at Mania. If you, yeah, that's a possibility. If, okay, so since we all are in agreement that he's going to hold it definitely past Rumble, I ask you this: If you were to pick one guy on the roster who Storyline-wise, not just personally, because I know if I say personally, everyone's going to say Cesaro. 
storyline wise, if you would pick somebody to defeat Roman and become champion, who? That that one's actually hard because the because the last two dudes that he just beat to get that, to be honest, I think that lost their legitimacy over the last past few months. Uh, I wouldn't say that because I'm. The Fiend, in my opinion, legitimacy cannot be lost. Honestly speaking, the smart way happened. The ring break, the kick in the low blow. He didn't take the pin, which was brilliant. Um, I honestly don't think The Fiend deserves the title. He doesn't need it. And plus... I was going to say, he's a two-time U.S. Not U.S. Universal level. champion. Yeah. But on- to, and, I think, and I think two-time is plenty enough for The Fiend character. He... To me, when I see The Fiend, I'd say he, he's in the same boat as a guy like The Undertaker, where he doesn't need a title. And if anything, a title can actually put you down to a lower level. I mean, with The Undertaker character, I feel like the World Heavyweight Championship with Taker, it was... It felt like he had something that he was defending. That it is true. It wasn't simple... Dead man walks down to the ring. A few minutes later, jokes line to Stone Pile Driver, and we're hearing the gong hit again. That is true. But with a guy like him, actually, with a guy like him, I don't think you really needed a, a absolute metric shit ton of title reigns. Yeah, because sometimes the character is more of it's more of a of a prize than the gold. Yeah, I mean, just, like, just just fighting the Undertaker is more means more than a, than any title in their peak. Exactly. Think of it like this: Look at the amount of people like who came to Taker, and it's like they literally had a match in 2013, not for no more contendership for the WWE or World Heavyweight Title. It was literally known as the number one contendership to face Taker. At that point, <laughs> I forgot about that. It was, and I think CM Punk won that. Well, yeah, he ended where, up fighting Taker that year. It was to the point where it's like Taker in itself. You didn't need a title to face him. And to be fair, with storyline bullshit that both Taker and The Fiend go through, do you really want to, to take the title with that? I personally think Taker fighting Taker at Mania is way more important than being WWE champion. Although the title does add legitimacy to it. Flashback to Mania's 23 and 24 when he fought Batista and Edge. Those matches were great. But with The Fiend and with Braun, it was like the Universal Championship, SmackDown's world title, is being fought for by two big mountains of men in a swamp. I mean, that match right there reminds you a lot of WWE's older booking decisions back from the Attitude Era. I where they Go ahead, I, like honestly, I'll let you continue. But like I was just gonna say, you don't see Stone Cold fighting for a championship at a river. Like you see mid Carters doing that river gimmicky shit. The only person who I can say that can get away with it was Taker when he did the Boneyard match. But how lower down on the card and how lower down in terms of our expectations do you think that match would have been 
if Styles was WWE champion. What I'm trying to say is certain feuds don't need the title. Uh, sure. Not everything needs a championship in its balance to make the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah, that's true. Entertaining. And I think WWE has been suffering from that for years. And it and immediately, the first thing that brings me to my attention, Kofi Kingston. I feel so bad for him. He legit Same, lost, the, lost the WWE title to Brock Lesnar, who immediately went into a bullshit match with Cain Velasquez that only lasted about a minute and a half. You don't need the WWE Championship to be featured in a match between those two. That doesn't need that. The Bronx, right, like Lesnar and Velasquez? The that was basically Strowman. a UFC fight in a pro wrestling ring. Exactly. The Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt thing. Everyone will be like, oh, it was fun to watch. It was great. But it really hurt the legitimacy of the title. I mean, it got to the point where people forgot it existed. And Right? Like, oh, if, like if there was no title in that match, no. it would have been like, okay, this but, is fine. But the fact that there was the title, and it's supposed to be a world championship... Yeah, in all like, honesty, it's not like an intercontinental title. It's like a world title. It's supposed to be the big one for the brand. No title should be in that feud. None. In all honesty, Roman Reigns, as much as people are going to hate me for saying this, was the guy that WWE needed to come back so they could bring legitimately back to the title. And having Paul Heyman with him only boosts that fact. You know. You know what? Just bringing legitimacy back to the title is an understatement. I think it. I think that there's a, a possible chance they could bring legitimacy back to the product. To be honest. Oh yeah. Because like, you, you don't have you don't have to like Roman, but you need to accept that he's probably the only guy that can really carry it. He's not the guy you want. He's not the guy we deserve. But he's the guy we need. In all honesty, if Brock Lesnar was active more on a full-time basis, Vince would have probably plopped the championship on him immediately, and people would have been like, oh, my God, but, but we, don't need, we don't want Brock as champion. Yeah, you need him as champion. Um, speaking of Brock, we're going to go to the WWE Championship, won by Drew McIntyre, a guy who we all felt bad for because his one big coronation – from Chosen One to 3MB to Fire to TNA to NXT to now the main star to the top champion was with no fans. And as much as that sucks, and that sucks a lot, I am still glad that they gave him his moment. Yeah, and that little moment where he like grabbed, where like reached for the camera, cried, was like, thank you. It hit. It hit deep for all of his fans because they're like, yes. We've been through this route with you, and now we're seeing you have your moment. Thank you, WWE. That was one of the main... Like, there's not a lot with the product that's actually all right, but if there's, if I had to name maybe two things about WWE that are still going strong, one of those two things is Drew. Yes. I think we can... Every, I think everyone can say Drew McIntyre has had probably the best WWE title run in a very long time, and that is even mentioning people on the lines of since CM Punk, I would say. Or since, I can't, no. I can't say Daniel Bryan because Bryan didn't have a look. 
I could say Daniel Bryan actually. What am I saying? Bryan won the two- his, his title win was probably oh, one of the most satisfying in, in recent years. Yeah, but people don't forget his heel run on oh, Mania 35 was was amazing. And people are yeah. saying, yeah, let's oh, be real, his heel his heel title run was way better than his face title run. Oh my god, him being the heel to Kofi's face. You couldn't book anything different. It, that was probably the best book storyline WWE has done in a long time. In terms probably of since Daniel Bryan was a face going in to win his first it, world exactly. championship. Because every year heading into Mania 35, the WWE title was always just like, um, you don't know, we're not too invested. They were invested big time. And that Mania crowd, when Kofi finally won, instant pop. I was there. The, I loved it. Yep. And a little kid. There was a big. Crying. There was crowds everywhere. There was the crowd. There was the crowd at the arena. There was the crowds at everybody's house. Oh there was the God. crowd in the back. Yeah. Even the even the fucking roster was shown on camera. Like, and to be and I don't even know if that was scripted. For all I know, that could have been freaking legit. No, I don't, I don't think it would have been scripted. They can, like, especially when there was this clip with MVP and Chad Gaspard, rest in peace. And you can see a clip. Of oh, them that's crying. a good point. Like, honestly, it's not even just... Everyone's going to say, oh, it's the color of his skin. That's the reason why we're crying. No. Well, part of that... Part of it was for some people. But for me, it was like, you finally gave this guy, after all these years of work, who legit can put on a great match and can tell a great story, who's put in his dude... Which he did. Who's put in everything that he could, who's done everything right, and you have this story... When every when you're seeing it on camera, we're holding him down, and you can finally have his moment, and the new day being there to have him, and Xavier's reaction, crying tears of joy, was just perfect. And then we get to Drew, who went through the same thing, but only thing was on camera he wasn't held down. On camera he was doubted. He was deemed a choker. He was deemed the guy who couldn't get the job done. Who was fired for a reason because he's not as big of a star as he thinks he is. And now he's finally got the championship. He's been running with it for a long time. Question, does he hold it to the Rumble? I say absolutely. Whether he loses it at the Rumble or not, I think he's going to at least show up champion. Connors. I feel like Drew's going to pass through the Rumble with the championship, but lose it at whatever they choose to make the new hot version of Fastlane. Ooh, so you're saying... You're saying there's a chance he goes into Mania. You're saying there's a chance for a one-year reign? I'm saying he may hold it to Fastlane, drop the title there, and then pick the rematch into Mania. Hmm. Okay, I like that. I don't know if he'll do the rematch at Mania, only because what what if somebody on what if somebody on that brand wins the Rumble? Yeah, you got to think about that because. <sighs> Whether you're a Raw guy or a SmackDown guy, you're getting a world title match if you win. Uh, which brings me, greatly named, brings me to the Men's World Rumble match. Now, there's a lot of people, not really, the depth on the roster is just slowly starting to build back up, which gives me, and there's only like a select few people who legitimately can win the Rumble. I ask, who takes it? I'm actually going to go... Way like a wall. Oh God, Cesaro! Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, 
there's the wall there's the wall of usual names and i'm just like nope i'm gonna go around it and say this other hoe that's i i, I strongly don't know if they're gonna pull the trigger it would be a great thing to i don't see. know either and and it's almost controversial in the context that the chances are so low that they almost don't exist but there's always that hope uh it's it's only a hope and i probably will be wrong but i'll be so satisfied if it happens to be honest he is more overdue than anybody mm. in my opinion uh connor's what about you man who takes the rumble and goes into mania This one I'm stumped on. I really don't know. Now, keep in mind, we still have a couple of months in, and we're still in September. So we've seen Rumble winners pop up out of nowhere in, like, December or something, and they just catch fire, like Becky, for instance. Hmm. Um, it all depends, really, on what NXT yeah. is. Because my pick will be Johnny. Gargano? My, it's what came first to mind, but it it's a long shot. So me and GTT, yeah, have that going for us. Both of our picks are long wow. shots, but if then again, we saw weirder things happen on shorter notice in WWE, so I'm more shocked you said Gargano. Like, I'm not even... Like, Cesaro, I can see, because everyone thinking into Mania 35 was probably thinking... they. I don't think anyone was really probably thinking Drew, but then they pulled the trigger. I've been hearing I'll be honest. people saying that Seth maybe takes it again, or they give it to Roman. I'll be honest. I, like, I was maybe 50% sure about Drew winning the, that Rumble, but then as soon as he eliminated Lesnar, he had it. Oh, he, he already won right there. We can, 100%. Yeah. We can always That's all, they, they could have They could have rang the fucking bell. It was so obvious. Um, GTT. Let me refresh y'all. GTT said Cesaro. Freaking Christian yeah. Connors said Johnny Gargano. I'm going to safe route. Biggie. Ooh. So we all have I controversial like low, sh- low shot. I am it, I feel like I feel like they're gonna feed Big E to Roman early. I say this with the humbly forever humble. I say this with a humble plead to WWE. If you really want to put Big E over, you have him win the Royal Rumble, have Roman hold the title to Mania, have Big E beat Roman, have him have a long reign. And then drop it to whomever you wish. Preferably, I would say Cesaro. Shinsuke, maybe, because he does have that extreme rules streak going for him. But uh, I really want to, I say Biggie. I really say that because it's his time. He's earned it. He really does need a good singles run. So I'm going to give you that one. That is a really good point. All right. So we've done predictions. We've talked about the introduction to Equilibrium. Now we go and fast forward, and we're going to go to each company. I'm going to go first, and then I'm going to switch it to Connors and to GTT. 
It doesn't matter which order you guys go in. doesn't matter. We're going to go into what's next for each of our companies. Like, what are the big stories we have planned? What is the next things that we're doing? What next pay-per-view are we trying to promote? All that jazz. For me, I'm going to go short. Um, World Pro Wrestling currently is full speed ahead into a crossroads. It's going to be happening at the end of September. I'm not sure on the date yet, but we'll figure that out when we get there. Currently on the card, we have the Mass Attacker that attacked Killian Sky going against Killian Sky for the women's title. Um, Julia Hattrick, our Intercontinental Champion, will go up against Luis Bates. I am looking forward to that one because that's the classic heel versus face dynamic. We have a Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Ladder Match for the women's tag team title. So, Lord, help me when we're recording that because six-man matches crash the game. Eight-man matches crash my brain. And <laughs> then we have, for the men's side, Jonathan Reed versus Eli Drago for the uh, Grand Prix Championship. Jay Knight versus Matt Bailey for the Undisputed Championship, which just was confirmed yesterday or Saturday, whenever you guys hear about the show. Um, Storyline-based, there's a lot going on. I am going flip-flopping in terms of like who I want to put over. Um, in terms of future shows I'm going to be planning on doing around December going into January, I do want my, I do want my Lottery Rumble to show up. The Lottery Rumble is simple. 30 women, 30 men go into the ring. We're going to get the title match at um, Supercharged, which is Armenia. Um, basically, everyone's going to be involved. There's going to be some surprise entrants. There's going to be some new faces. There's going to be some people that are coming out of left field. There's going to be a lot of great moments. Um, I also really do want to sign a lot of more people, but that's after um, that's after Crossroads because I don't want to have too many people on my roster and then people come so to you me don't like... don't want to be like me and almost fill your game. <laughs> yeah, I don't want too many people on my roster to the point where they say, you're not booking me. I haven't been on the show for a couple of weeks, Angel. What's going on? You know, I don't want that. So I'll keep the roster small enough to the point where I can do a rumble properly. And uh, that's basically my plan going forward. Um, GTC, what about you, brother? What you got going on? September 25th, Vengeance, our next pay-per-view. Nice. It's not, it's not, it's not one of our big four or nothing like that, but it should, it should be a good time. I can't confirm every match because there's still some in the works, some we're trying to get the kinks out of, but there are some I can confirm right now. Such okay. as Brian Cooper, Zach Quinn, in a grudge match of some sort. Okay. Since we had a backstage brawl after the after a show. Yeah, Which, by the way, if you've seen our shows, commentary doesn't exist during brawls because I already went up and left. I went to McDonald's probably or Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the craziest type of explanation I've heard in my life. <laughs> no, Connor, hear me out. A commentator mid-show. All right, I'm gonna head out. Oh no, this, uh, oh, sure. this is I'm post show. <laughs> oh no, this is post show. Like, can you imagine, Connor? Can you imagine? Like, let's say Pegasus right this commentary for MSW. This man mid-show says, "All right, guys, I'll be right back. I'm gonna cook me something to eat." 
goes to Red Lobster, comes back an hour later. Oh, wait, the show ended? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, this is this is all post-show. That's ain't mid-show. <laughs> no, I'm stuck on that one. This man said there's no commentary because I went to McDonald's. <laughs> 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 I am sleep. You could have at least said you went to a ring. You could have at least said you went to an Islanders game or something. Or somewhere on that line. Oh, trust me. Major sports games don't exist where I'm at, so I couldn't use that excuse. <laughs> wow. All that's right. what that's what's called living in the country life. I hear you on that one. All right. And- Anyways, next match, we actually can confirm this one. Serenity versus Peaches in a submission match. Oh, that's kind that's of intriguing. Some, that's something we don't do often. We haven't really done this. I think this is the first submission match of the season. That's actually kind of intriguing because I don't know. I know both women, and I don't really. I haven't seen Serenity really use submissions on Supernova, so that's going to be very interesting to see. It really could. The next one I can confirm is the winner of our mixed match challenge, Brooke. Yeah, there you go. Get the reading here. And she faces our current champion, Psycho Jade, Uh for our women's championship, who Jade has been our champion for over 120 days now. I am scared now. I'm scared. Now, I mentioned the mixed match challenge and how Brooke Reed was the woman who won that tournament. Now. The male is obviously Jonathan Reed. Yeah. He has chosen to challenge Malcolm Winters for our United States Championship. Ooh. That's interesting. By the way, there's going to be a new championship coming in, just so you know. Yeah, I'm just calling it that for now because that's what it currently is until the change comes in. Shout out to APH for that. He's a literal god. I'm not. Cheap plugs. <laughs> um, hey man, no shame, bro. Also, if I can, um, I'm going to interject this in only because I want to book this uh, in advance. We're gonna have a super show for uh, Super Riot and Supernova the week before Crossroads. And on that show, I already have a book. Serenity and Christian Gerald will team up against Brooke and Jonathan Reed. Okay. It's going to be our mixed match. It's going to be our first mixed tag team match we've ever done. It's going to be the first cross-branded show we've ever done. That's not a pay-per-view. I look forward to that. Um, is that everything you got, TTT? Not everything. There's still a few more. Keep going, bro. Keep it coming. We have a, we have a rubber match, and what I mean by that is the, is the end of the rivalry between the Psychotic Fiend and Wicked J. For... For the one title that actually has a proper name, the Death Metal Championship, which is basically our hardcore championship. Is I'm kind of intrigued in this. Is that in for your Death Metal title? Is it like hardcore rules, or is there a name for it? Well, well, that's what the Death Metal Championship is. It's the name. Like it's technically just a hardcore title. That's just a special name, and. The Death Metal Championship is always guaranteed to be defended in some sort of hardcore type of match. It doesn't have to be specifically a death match. It could be like any no DQ to type thing. Okay. Yeah. Other than that, there's nothing too crazy about it. It's just a hardcore title with a cool name. Yeah, fair enough. 
It's a great name. Honestly. I can confirm this one. Chase Adkins. Okay. Versus the 68-year-old Stephen James Winners. Fucking hell! Stephen Winners is the oldest guy on our roster, and yet he can wrestle as if he's 24. He's probably the oldest guy I've heard of in call. How the fuck is he 68 <laughs> wrestling like a kid? What is Pegasus. Okay, first well, of all. To be fair, Pegasus all, is 3,020. First of all, I forgot. I don't know what. In Pegasus, if you're listening, please don't kill me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm honestly just like, how? All right, but hey, Aegis Wonders, man. Aegis Wonders. <laughs> Holy shit. Is that everything you got, bro? There's one more that I can Hate confirm. There, now, this is the last one I can confirm, but there will be more over time. Okay. The last one enough. I can confirm is Jay Mamba mm. challenges Billy Bob Baker for the hybrid championship. Awesome. We love to By the way, that. Jay, please kill Billy for me. I'll, I'll I'll give you a, I'll give you 150% bonus you're, if you win. You're supposed to be a, you're an owner. You're supposed to be freaking diplomatic. Impartial. <laughs> oh oh, trust me. This little rivalry between me and Billy is scripted as all shit. So I mean, I say this as I shit on Jonathan Reed every riot. Exactly. But... <laughs> you can't even talk, bitch. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not the, that's not the point. That's not the point. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're going from uh, GTT to a company that I really love and enjoy watching since I recently found out about it. Unify, Connors, what you got going for you? What you got going, brother? So by the time this is out, I should have already announced this. As unlike GTT, I'm not going to unleash all my secrets. Yeah, less is more GTT. You could have just said one back, buddy. Then again, oh, I really I I gave you maybe <laughs> half the card. There's still at least four or five, six half? matches that I'm half? That's half? <laughs> but, our small, our small shows are 10 to 12 matches, and our big ones are 14 to 16. What are you? Are you mania? <laughs> I mean. What the fuck? <laughs> Yo. We just got no. past our mania back in <laughs> April, March time. On anybody. But, like, I like to make my Riot shows and my Supernova shows six to five matches, five to six matches. My pay-per-views will have ten. I would never go ten for one Nurgle show. I am sorry. You're at- yeah, our normal shows are usually about seven. You're either booked on one week or, okay, if you're not booked, better luck next week. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, no, our normal shows are usually about seven matches. Small pay-per-views are about ten. And then we have, like, 14 for the big ones. <laughs> said 14 shows they're like 10 matches and he's like oh i'm not even halfway done i'm like how <laughs> yeah yeah we go that like we go freaking crazy we, we we take in a bunch of crack and we just go <laughs> <laughs> so you got a whole lot of coke <laughs> oh yeah all right <sighs> just, just jokes by the way jokes no one here Connors, um back to you <laughs> Uh, before you said GTT needs to quiet down before he releases <laughs> 20 matches and I'm not even halfway done. What you unify so, what you got? So I do not have an exact date for it, but since Unify for those who do watch, we just ended our season at time of recording. 
right after Cyber Kingdom 3, we took our week off. We're back. We're ready to go. The pay-per-view first back is a new one to our calendar titled No Surrender. Which I have no matches that I can confirm for that event at that time due to uncertainty over who the World Tag Team Champions will be at time of recording. It was announced earlier today that the Prestige, the Tag Team Champions, will be defending against the reformed Fallen Knights in Shane Saban and Kyle Young. I'm really looking forward to that, which airs tomorrow. That sounds like a great team. I've actually been keeping tabs. And I'm going to, like, after we reveal, like, what our future is, we're going to go into, like, a normal segment to end it where we talk about, like, guys we count on on our feds, like, certain people you look at and be like, okay, I want him definitely. It could be anything, so it's, like, management or wrestling or promos or whatever like that. But I've been hearing a lot of good things about Kyle Young and Shane Saban as far as the tag goes. Um, Anything else you got in store for us, brother? Yes. And it's actually not something for me, but it's for something for all of us. As November the... And let me make sure I have my date right. Um, APH, could you get me the date for the Saturday and Sunday, the first week of November? Give me one second. They said the first week of November, right? I ain't using my dad's phone because my other phone is kind of shit. Shout out to my old... Shout out to the old man, by the way. Yeah, d- yeah, Daddy Angel's a literal god. Uh, you said the first. You said the first Saturday and Sunday of of November. The first. Yes. So the first Sunday is the first of November, but the first Saturday and Sunday is the seventh and eighth. So November seventh and eighth, Unify along with the Equilibrium will be presenting. The spirit of the independence with location yet to be announced, as well as official themes and all that. No matches are confirmed at this time, as we're still a decent ways out. But is something that I'm looking forward to yet again, and we will be sending invitations out to certain feds to see, hey, maybe you'll be interested in joining us this time around. So, keep your eyes out, fed mm. owners, and hopefully we look forward to seeing some of you there. Uh, if I can, Connors, I can say this. I'll put all of our links in the description of this video, of this uh, podcast. If you wish to uh, make, your name, make your name known and be like, hi, I want to join, please text Christian Connors. Please text Unify. Please text the Equilibrium Twitter, as well as if none of them are available, you can always text me or GTT, or MFW, or anybody in Equilibrium for that matter. We'll make sure we'll keep close tabs on you, and we will love, 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 love to see you there. I am so excited for this show. Like, this is the first time I'm actually doing, like, this mega company-wide, like, partnership-wide thing, where it's, like, multiple feds, and the possibilities for matches are endless, and I cannot wait. And last but not least, oh, for shit, Unify, there's more. There is one more. And that is the return of the worst pay per view, I, in some people's opinion. Oh, really?
You there, bud? Did we lose him? Shoot. So, the service we're using to record today's episode wanted to be stupid for a moment. So, we have a we're return. Good, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. So, we had a little bit of stupidity there. My yeah, apologies, technical Sean. difficulties. Listen, robots suck, okay? Live TV, folks. No mistakes. <laughs> we mean live Thanks, TV, GTV. no mistake. That's where every mistake happens. Exactly. But the return of battle lines within the calendar year for Unify, it's coming back, and I'm looking forward to seeing... Who exactly is going to be losing their jobs no at that event? No one yet. Oh, what? Wait, wait, wait. Losing jobs? What do you mean? It is the tradition for Battle Lines that it is always high risk and high reward in the main event of that event. Really? For example, last so it's time. It's basically Battle a Lines, career threatening pay per view, is what it sounds like. The last time Battle Lines was on the air. It had nothing of importance mm. out of the time before. It was NPW versus WSW, which I was telling you guys about earlier, where the winning company survives, the losing company dies. Right. I remember NPW you lost the four versus four. And the time of NPW ended, which displaced a lot of champions, which eventually ropes absorbed into WSW and started a little mini civil war. Oh, shit. That's intriguing as hell, honestly. I, I'm looking forward to all of this. Um last segment of the show, which has been a great one so far. Um, first of all, seriously, thank you guys for coming in. I really do. I really appreciate you guys a lot. I will say no this. No problem, my guy. Um, I will ask this because we all have, like, every company has, their, has that one guy that you trust. That one person that you have on the totem pole. Like, he may not be a champion. He may. But you know from the minute that he shows up on TV, that that's the person you can trust to carry the company. In no way are we saying that the people we don't pick don't showcase or in their own way benefit the company that we're trying to grow here. We're just saying that if we ever want somebody to have that title of the guy, this is who we definitely would choose. So I ask. Who is your guy? I'll go first. <laughs> Volunteering. And Oh God. When it when he volunteers, it, it's not normally a good thing. I'm gonna have to think about so, mine for a minute anyway. For me, it's hard. Ahead, so I'll let you go. So I know there are certain individuals who can they're not gonna they're gonna be like, of course it's this guy. And who would you expect? The guy held the World Heavyweight Championship in combined reigns for well over a year Ooh. and was the most dominant Unify World's champion to ever grace the reign in the championship 
belt itself. And that man is one half of Fallen Knights. That man is Shane Saban. Wow. If you go back and track down the carnage that Shane Saban had during his title reigns as world champion, it is second to none to anything you have experienced. No. Really? I'm actually shocked you said Shane Saban. And I mean complete and utter decimation. The man would be thrown into three ways. He retains. He has these one-on-one bouts against people who have been on a similar war path as him. He stops them in their tracks. They're never the same again. Case in point, Brett Curtis. Redemption from this past season. Brett Curtis was on a redemption story. Brett wanted to come back. He was ready to go. Finally challenging for the World Championship. He even stole the world title belt to get under the skin of Shane Saban to try and get this match to happen. It did. The bell sounded and Shane tore Brett apart. And I'd say in the next five to seven minutes, the bell sounded again, and Shane Saban is holding that newly minted world championship over his head, leaving redemption and heading into no regrets. Yeah. Or whatever the next pay-per-view was, it was decimation. That's impressive. I never really expected to hear Shane say his name, but then again, once you said he's been world champion for a long time, I had I've already known from that. Once you said that, I was like, oh shit, here comes Saban. He's probably if I remember watching your shows, that is the most dominant I've seen the E Fed champion. Like ever. Like in E Fed, you Next never really get, Yeah, but like in E Fed, we can all agree. With this, how unpredictable this game is, you never get a extended title reign. Mm-hmm. Unlike, unless you like pre-record everything and shit, and you have your own stories. There's never really a sense of like you're recording it live as it happens, and this guy still keeps on winning. Fatal four way, he keeps winning. Triple threat, he keeps winning. Handicap, he keeps the winning. Only way. We got that belt off of Shane, and Shane will even attest to it to himself. It took a six-man, no regrets, chamber in which Roy Pierce pinned Shane. Lakers Jonathan are winning. Ray pinned Roy. And Jonathan Ray beat Brandon Cuevas in the final sequences to win his first world title in his career and it was short-lived Shane came back and Damn. murdered him Jesus and then like you're kidding, nothing good. at Cyber Kingdom which was the pay-per-view that we just had Fatal 4-Way Iron Man 
slash last laugh match where winner is the undisputed world's champion. Jonathan Ray won the match five to two to one to zero, if I remember the score correctly. And there's no rematch clauses to be had. Jonathan Ray is world's champion for the second time in his career. And he finally actually gets to have a reign. How long it lasts, who knows? Yeah. Well, you already got Shane Saban as top as one of the guys, and that makes me really happy to have him on my roster. Um, GTT, who is your guy? That's actually really hard because this year we basically signed our whole roster. So it's really hard to say because right now every single person on the whole roster basically is a breakout. If you know what I mean. Right, right. I don't know if I can name just one. You can name a few. It doesn't matter. Because I have a few. One of them, Sean Parker. Easy. Mm, Yeah, he was the second candidate for me. I recently just discovered Parker. I had no idea how good he actually was until I saw his work. And I'm like, what the hell? Let me tell you this. My, another, my a second choice of mine, who's named Nick Chastity. Oh, those two's first matches were both against each other, and those two matches, I honestly think, were were the two best matches I've seen. At least when it comes like out of everything that I've done, whether it's the PvP stuff in 2014, the private like the offline shit in 2017 and on this was the best match in the last six years I've done anything. That's that's very high praise. <laughs> like, these dudes bro- like broke my commentary for real. That's crazy. Um, those are your two guys? At the moment... And that's because not only do, do they know how to put on a good-ass match, they know, how to, they know how to murder someone if they have to. Right, <laughs> and just look at Sean's heritage title reign in MFW. Just my God, right? Oh, and yeah. it came at my expense. Like, Thanks, Pegasus. Two... <laughs> now, those two guys don't even need a title in GTT to be legit. And Sean Parker actually has won one. He is a one-time GTT World Champion. That's insane. Um, my third guy is the guy who took the title off of him in less than three and a half minutes. Ooh. That would be a guy named the World Breaker. I'm scared of him. Like Loki. Yeah, he's he's the current Lo- he's the current champion, and he is the only guy to beat Sean in less than three minutes that I, I know of. I honestly like when I first saw and this is not kidding. If he's here and remembers this, I'm sorry. But like I remember when I first saw the match that he was on just a couple of days ago, I was scared to death because I was like, who the hell is this tall bitch? <laughs> like, who I the mean, let's are be, you? Like, there's not a lot of tall people, let's be honest. When you see, when you see APH even, even APH is kind of big for the standard pe- for the standard call nowadays. 6'8", yeah, right? 6'8", six, yeah, 6'8", six, eight, eight, yeah, three, even, even that's bigger than normal people nowadays. Normally, you'll see a person the tallest that would be like six, seven, six, eight, like that. This man's eight feet tall. 
He's Kali. Well, he's Kali height. Man, well, this guy's kind of overselling. You can't actually have an eight foot character. Of course, I'm overselling. But point, it, point. But point is, but point is, he's over <laughs> seven. He's all. He's almost seven and a half feet tall. That's insane. Yeah, and currently undefeated since February. Oh man, that is ridiculous. And he just it, like in February was his first match ever. Right. So really, it, like. Those are my three guys, but the guy who beats him for the very first time will be added to that list. I guarantee it. Okay, I like that. That's a good. Look. That's good right there. Because if, if you can be the one to do the impossible, mm-hmm. you're on that list. Amen. Um, I don't really have a specific person. There's a core group that I have, and. It, it goes by what I had to deal with in TPW, with how it was back then, to now how it is now. There's guys that I've been trying to ask to like go above and beyond to help me out, and they have, thankfully. All of Chaos Theory has to be on this. Like, I don't have a specific person. I'll just name a few. All of Chaos Theory. Goldman, Christian Crew, Brent Curtis. They were quite possibly the first major thing I've done since doing ESA, because I remember when I first did my draft. Now, mind you, this is like my first couple of days in ESA, and I didn't know who any of these people were. All I know is that I beat Brett Curtis one day to become MIWF's inaugural champion. Like, they had a world heavyweight title, and then the MIWF title. I was their inaugural champion. I beat Brett Curtis. That's the only way I got to know who he was. And Crude, was apparently Brett's manager at the time. So he was on full tilt. Brett was on riot. We needed to make a switch. So Brett was staying on riot. Crew came with him. Them alone was good enough. Then Goldman came in. I got a text from Brett Curtis a couple of days before uh, the pay-per-view True Blood. I think it was last. I think it was uh, No Escape. And I got a text from Brett. He was like, yo, we want to make a faction. Me, Crude, and this guy called Goldman. I checked out Goldman, panned out, and legit, there is a reason why we have a WPW Internet Title Invitational and Brett and Goldman's normally there. Because you cannot list another man who is as dominant as he is. At least in WPW. We've had people go on mini hot streaks and fizzle out when the time was mad in the most. Uh, we've had people who did not pan out well in the big time, but yet they're going on hot streaks now. Like for instance, Sean <laughs> Parker, Sean Parker definitely is one of those guys who have, was not really his best introduction into WPW. And now he is on a roll. Eli Drago is another guy I will say who was on a, who wasn't who like he could put on five-star matches. He just couldn't win. Now. Damn. He's competing. I'm not saying that to be insulting. He himself has said he's been disappointing himself as of late since being on Riot. Now he has this chance to face Jonathan Reed. Silence all the haters. Silence all the critics. And that in alone of itself is a great testament. And when we brought Goldman in, there was never a plan to give him like this big push. But the minute we got to minute we got to Condemned, it was very clear to me that Goldman was the guy. 
like if I wanted to pick somebody to take the title off Jay, Goldman will be it. But then again, you can't just discontinue Goldman because look how chaos there is. At one point, they held all the titles. They were tag champions. Brett Curtis was the guy who was going to face Jay for the undisputed title. Crew was Mister Gold Rush. He just was. He just wanted to go Rush BKs. Goldman's internet champion still is to this day. And then you go to my other champion, Jonathan Reed. You motherfucker. Connors, I'm saying this to you now. GGC, I'm, um, John, I'm saying this to you too. To any Fed owner in here, I'll say this. Jonathan Reed is the most underrated person in terms of heels in the in E-Fed in general. He's supremely underrated. I'm going to back that up. You can say, and I've heard a lot of people say this, you can say that he goes too far. And there is a good argument for that. There are some promos where you look at it and he's like... I wouldn't have said that. But then you look at his work ethic. He legit comes and texts me and says, APH, I got a I got an attire for I got an attire for um for supercharged. I'm like, dude, supercharged it until April. He's like, I know. I wanted to get it in ahead of time. I'm like, what? APH, I got an idea for a promo. Or APH, I got an idea for a guy I want to face. Or APH, I want to do this. He is hardworking. He is dedicated. And the bottom line is, you give him something, he runs with it. Look how I did with the terror. The terror, if anyone doesn't know, and I'm a fresh in memory, the terror was brought up because at True Blood, Jonathan Reed faced off against Brett Curtis for the Grand Prix Championship. The pay-per-view before that, he won a Extreme Rules match against Brandon Clavis. And the same night, won an Elimination Chamber match to get the Grand Prix title opportunity. And after Brett, after Jonathan Reed lost, I came to both Brett and Jonathan. I was like, I want to continue this, but I want to do it with the terror. Now, the terror, if you don't know, is Jonathan Reed's alter ego. It's kind of like The Fiend, but it's not. He's silent, deadly, pops up one minute, attack, leaves. We did the story. It was my first major storyline in call where I actually put effort into recording and editing. And we ended up doing the match at Condemn, which was a steel cage, uh, what was it called? Scrap trap. He won. And ever since then, I cannot say a more consistent person on my roster other than our champion was Jonathan Reed. He is consistently a heel, consistently a dickhead. And even then, when he, even then today, even then a couple of days ago, our last ride episode, when our, RIP the mafia and all the people lost in a car accident a couple days ago. We did a story, an angle, right? Where I came in and I had to say, I feel bad for Reed. He looked dejected. He looked angry. He looked sad because he lost his brothers. We had, I had people, he had people feel sorry for him. One minute, 10 minutes later, he's kicking the head off of Eli Drago three times. Like, he suckered you in. To make you really feel sorry for him, and then out of nowhere, boom, kicking the head. Like he, like, Jeez. like I say this, he is the most underrated person on my roster. Like, there's a lot of people who say, "Oh, well, Jay Knight's this and Brett Curtis," but no, Jonathan Reed, bar none. Brett Curtis is amazing, but he's well known. We already know Brett's good. No one knows about Jonathan Reed yet, and they will soon. The you know what? Not- Go ahead, GTC. Go ahead. 
I'm sorry. I was going to say, now that you mentioned that, I'm actually going to go a little bit backwards here. I, when I said I had three people who I would call the next possible guy, I meant four. I'm, I'm adding Reed to my list. Mm-hmm. Because, and- obviously, he does a great job as a heel to the point where some people may not actually like him. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's in, oh, yeah. he's invested he's invested in his product, mm-hmm. like you said, and is obviously extremely hardworking. He like he's like let's see, he he won the mix match challenge, which is the first time we ever did it. And when I mentioned how that world breaker guy has the best record at GTT, right behind him is Reed with maybe one or two matches less. Mm-hmm. Like one or two less matches competed in, they're both undefeated. It's, I think Reed's at like eight and zero or something. Let me go look at the records. Like regardless, where where are you at, Mister Reed? Regardless of how you, you look are at it, eight and zero. There it is. He's had eight matches and he's won every single one of them. Mixed match, challenge, singles—it doesn't matter. Which is why, to be honest. No matter what anybody says, if I had to predict how his match against Malcolm's going to go, I think he's going to win it. Mm. All right. In all honesty, there's, I've been, I even said this before we started recording. It's harder to be a face. It's harder to be a face than a heel because if you want to be a heel, you just be a dickhead. But it's exactly, even, it's pretty easy. Connors, you've been around longer than me, so you can confirm this. Even if you are a heel, there's still going to be people in chat saying, "Oh." Go this, go Connors, go Connors, go Connors. But you're gonna be like, but I'm a heel. Okay, so what? What's still your bros? Go Connors. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did, because people don't like to cheer for me. Uh-huh. It's, it's a weird thing, where <laughs> say I'm gonna match an MFW against Fidel De La Rosa, right? Mm-mm. Oh god, he is, he is so over with the crowd over there. You're there's no way you're getting cheered against him. Oh my god. Yeah, I beat Fidel. And the- and you probably got a lot of heel heat for it. Mm-hmm. Nope. Really? I got no heat. No what? But he's like a big like That's the biggest baby face they have right face. now. Basically, and, and I think he's gonna do the same with GTT up in the next here's, few months. Oh my god, he, he debuts this week. I beat Fidel as a tweener heel. Oh no, clean. Wow, beat him with the Kiwi Crusher, if my memory serves me right, which is a pump handle half Nelson driver. For those of you who have never seen my call actually compete, mm-hmm. and one. Two, three, and the crap, and the chest like, boo, Connors, boo, 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 Connors, that, boo. That, uh, that, and that was the extent of it. Like, there was no. So you got small heel heat. Yeah. Not even. It was kind of just like, boo, because it's Connors. Damn. The guy who had the biggest losing streak. In MFW history, has turned around, won a championship, and won a match on MFW's grandest stage, mm. and had a decent season record. 
I guarantee if Fidel would have won that match, that chat, that locker room would have blown the fuck up. I guarantee it, dude. Um, Like, what I was saying, in all honesty, I will say this about Jonathan Reed. When he's invested in something, he's truly invested. Also, go check out Christian Connors. He's great. Homie is awesome. I don't care what anybody says. He's great. But if you are a heat, like I was about to say, I've said earlier, it's harder to be a babyface in this in this um, community than a heel because there's certain people who are still going to cheer for you. It's even harder to be a heel so hated that you got to go that people have to come to a, a league's DMs be like, "Yo, can you tell Reed to stop? Can you tell him to chill?" That's bad. Bad in the did, good did that did that happen over there in your over there in your show? Did, yes, were people DMing you about him? Yes, it has. But the thing with Reed is that he got he has like he's a heel, but he does it the right way. Like when he says certain things that are completely outlandish and out of left field, he makes sure he texts the person that he's promoing against. Like, yo, you mind if I said this? And then he runs it by me, and then he posts it. So there's no real problem with that person. There has been occasions where something has happened like that. But there's one guy else who I'm about to mention, and he is one of my best friends. And before people say, oh, APH is only booking his best friends, I'm not because they're my friends. I'm booking them because they deserve this spot. Jay Knight, one of, if not my top baby face. And that's not to mention Supernova, too. Lexi Monai's on Supernova is an absolute beast. Yuki Kurosaki. My God, my top like there's people saying that she hasn't been she hasn't been babyface in most leagues. She should. She's great as a babyface in WWE. She's awesome. What's funny? She actually turned heel in the middle of her GTT career. Actually, she started as a face when she signed with me. Like I like I went to her <laughs> and she was like, when I went to her and after one of our first shows, she was like, I'm gonna keep face Yuki in WPW. I'm like, okay, I didn't think it was gonna be much. But then we get the chat pops when she gets big wins, and I'm just like, holy shit, she's good. Another person I'll say on Supernova, Christy Horse, Christy Redding. She rules ass, by the way. She fucking does, damn it. Like, that's a perfect underdog story I want to book one day. Um, Nikita, you, the, you do not, you were not in the first women's pay-per-view matchup for the women's world championship for no reason you have the character you have the gimmick the only problem i have with you is that your activity sometimes wavers but even then you are good and of course kelly ann sky top baby face easy julia hatrick right how how can you forget about kelly oh my god our champions julia hatrick and kelly ann sky it's a perfect mix julia is this jock holier than thou bitch of a heel and Kellyanne Sky is this lovable, huggable, loving baby face that any fed would love to have. But Jay Knight, my best friend, my current undisputed champion. Amazing. He's just awesome. There's no words to describe how great he is. There really isn't. Because he tries to put so much work into his character. And the thing I appreciate about Jay, and I'm going to mention a bunch of people too. There's, this, there's the thing I'm going to mention about Jay that I think the Prestige also does. They notice the body part, 
and they argue their moveset around it, which I think everyone should do if they're going to be submission-based. But uh, that's basically it from my end. Uh, Connors, you got anything to say before we get off the air? I think we lost him. Is he asleep? I think um, so. No, I'm here. So who the hell is that yawning? Who the hell is that sleeping in the background? So, believe it or not, it was like 40 minutes to midnight. Yeah, it's on my end, so that's why I'm going to end this. You got anything you want to say before we close shop? Um, the only thing I would say is, one, sorry for the minor snoring throughout this episode. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, be sure to follow APH on Twitter. Where Flux will be down below, most likely. As well as be sure to follow everybody at the Equilibrium. We don't bite. We're kind people, and if you need help with anything or even have a general question, shoot us a damn. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that we'll get back to you in relative quick timing. And last but not least... Make sure that you guys give Spirit of the Independence a chance in November. Mm. As a lot of people are going to be putting a lot of hard work into that show. And yeah. we'd love to see you all there. Yes, indeed. GPP, you got anything else you want to say, bro? That I do. Uh, same, same thing as what Connor said. Go ahead and hit us up at any at the Equilibrium at pretty much all of our Twitters. Shout out to the entire Equilibrium. Shout out to literally every roster member of mm-hmm. every roster. Mm-hmm. Really, sh- to be honest, shout out to everybody in general. Like, let's get some positivity up in here. Everybody, everybody, like, you get a shout out. You get a shout out. Everybody gets a shout out. Are you Oprah Winfrey? Yep, yes, he's I am. Is that a problem? But no, but. You know, and on another serious topic, you don't mind if I promote one more thing that's extremely early right now for it. Oh, so Ed. Well, th- this is very, very, very early. But in January, we are going to be starting season three. We're, see, we're ending season two in November. But in January, we're starting season three with a special show, basically our Rumble-style pay-per-view okay. called The Tournament of Power. Ooh. And I'm gonna that. and I'm gonna say it like this: sixty people will be there at least, possibly more. Mm-hmm. Why so many? Because two rumble matches. Yeah, and it's open invite, meaning you do not have to be signed to compete. Love to see that, man. Uh, Anybody can come in. Be like, if you're not like, if, like if you don't have a contract, if you don't want one, that's fine. You can. How the fuck did we go too long? <laughs> Two hours came and snuck up. I'm like, oh shoot, this is uh, a cap limit. You wanna, you wanna, um, like just record the outro and just call it a day. Like sure. I can edit it if you don't mind. Yeah, that's cool. All right, whenever you wanna. Well, that happened. Or... GTP, what well, the fuck? Man. We went too long. 
<laughs> I will. I will legitimately take blame for that. Don't. Don't. don't you'll be fine. All right. We're gonna. Um, Connors, let me know when you're ready to record it, and then we go for the landing part. Okay. All right. I'm ready. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. We're gonna need to um call it quits because uh legit it is almost midnight and legit no this is a shoot we recorded for so long that the app closed on us. <laughs> so we, this you. is literally a second piece of <laughs> this like this this is literally a second clip like what? Oh my god, it's the best ever. thing ever. I you love it so much. The two hours. We officially have ran longer than the Cultaholic Weekly Wrestling Podcast. We ran longer Take than my that, last show. We ran longer than my last show. That's insane. Like, That's what happens when you get from one literal god to three. I've never literally in my wildest dreams thought I'd be talking bullshit for two and a half hours, but fuck it, we did it because we're the we're boys. We're the boys. <laughs> like um, you said that as a joke, and we made it real. Um, I'm gonna say this. Before we clip up, before we end it, I am seriously planning on my next guest to be the two Bane boys that I have just talked about in the out in the uh, last part, which is Jonathan Reed and Jay Knight. Bros, I want you on my show, even if it's just Jonathan Reed. I want the DOA boys to come in. We talk shit. We talk about how we've been, and uh, basically that's what I'm hoping will be the next episode. Although I wouldn't mind to have Connors back on again. I wouldn't mind to have GTT back on. I wouldn't mind having Pegasus. So if you want to come on, please do me a favor. DM me on my uh, social medias. On that. Don't DM me on my WPW because I'll probably be lost in the shuffle. DM me on my Discord or DM me on my WP, on my uh, APH account, Total Package APH. Um, support all the boys in equilibrium. Support everybody in call in general. And a special shout out to my boys Townsend, Bill Dern, Adam Richards, Crude, and Jordan Brooks over in Muay High Icon. I'm only shouting them out because I'm a management man in there as well. They are working supremely hard, not to mention just us as well. And I look so much forward to Spirit of the Indie because it's going to be the best show of the year. At least for us, honestly. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's going to be great. Um, gentlemen, shall we write it off? I think so. I believe it is time to bid it adieu. All right. So for Connors, thank you for joining me. No problem. Anytime. Uh, even though you are a dirty Bruins fan, I haven't brought that up yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're a dirty Rangers fan, but we haven't brought wow! that up yet. Wow. You didn't Damn. have to Shut the fuck up, TTT. <laughs> I'm going to fight you. <laughs> I'm going to grab that popcorn. I will respectfully. And I do this respectfully because it is my gimmick in GTT. I respectfully show you both the door. For um, uh, Connor thinking, <laughs> thank you for joining me. GTT, John, thank you for joining me. No I problem. I appreciate no. you guys. You guys literally brought this up to me last minute. And when I finally learned how to end up getting it done on an app I've been using for ages, I'm mad I didn't notice it sooner. But as soon as I figured out how to get it done, I'm thankful we was able to. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, the viewer, for listening. You guys are awesome. All of you are. Please, especially during this time of day, especially during this time when all oh, is a bunch of heap of crap at times, spread as much positivity as you can. Support as many feds as you can. I don't care who it is, man. 
everyone will use your support and everyone will be grateful for it, especially us boys here in equilibrium because we're working our ass off to present the best product to you guys. And please, please support the Equilibrium Broadcasting Network, which has just launched as of recording. There you will see all the equal, all the Equilibrium shows on one spot. WPW is going to be there. GTT is going to be there. Freaking Unify is going to be there. MFW, ring the bell. Everybody. So please support us all. Support everyone. You deserve it. Thank you guys so much for listening. You're all great. Stay forever humble. And I'll see y'all next week. This has been The Last Call with Angel Perkins Harris. Thanks for listening.